to Red Bill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. We're in the Feast of Unleavened Bread 2020. We're feasting on the bread of life that came down from heaven. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. And as we come to a close on this holy feast, I am reminded that we must keep the leaven out of our lives since our Passover lamb, Yeshua, has been slain and is now alive forevermore. Amen. And what is leaven? Sin. And how do we know what sin is? By knowing the Torah, which brings us back to today's topic, Commandments 8 through 10. You can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. Follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Google Play. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. You can like and share, too. And we'd like to say shalom to our friends in Nebraska and Morocco. So we left off with the Eighth Commandment, Thou shalt not steal. The Hebrew words follow pretty closely to what we know in most English translations. The Hebrew word used in the scripture is teganov, which pretty much means to steal. Despite having only two words, you know this instruction or commandment is full of meaning. It applies on a large scale, like stealing billions of dollars, or a very small scale, like stealing only one piece of candy from a store. The thing is, if everyone who visits a store steals a piece of candy or something very small, that store owner may not have recourse to recover from the losses incurred by the business. A good way to know the impact of an individual action that may seem too insignificant to impact others is to consider what the results would be if it happened a lot of times. Some call that the death of a thousand cuts. Every cut matters. I know what you mean, Daddy. Most who still in this way, they have no idea how much their actions impact that owners or their standing in the eyes of Yeshua. Mm-hmm. It's a really serious thing. Stealing does not only involve taking tangible things, though. It also involves intangible things as well. For example, have you ever heard of gossiping? This action is often done to bolster a person's credibility and damage someone else's reputation. That's thievery. Another example of stealing is lying to steal an opportunity. On many occasions, misinformation is given to a person A, so that person B, who may, who's a friend, can get the opportunity. Whether tangible or intangible, stealing is not pleasing to our Heavenly Father. That's really true, Mama. As the Southern quartets often sing, take six months to take care of your own stuff and six months to leave other people's stuff alone. The next commandment is brief and just as full of meaning. It says, you will not bear false witness against your neighbor. There's an important reason why Elohim cares about this commandment. In Exodus 34, verses 5 through 7, Elohim proclaimed his name before Moshe. Remember when we talked about the third commandment and what we said about the Hebrew meaning of the word name? Check out episode 30 for more details on that. The word for name also means reputation. Elohim gave the following attributes as part of his reputation. Mercy, graciousness, forgiving, abundant in goodness, just, 
meaning he will not acquit the guilty, and abundant in truth. Mm-hmm. Truth is Elohim's name, reputation, and part of his identity. Like the Father, Yeshua said of himself in John 14 and 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. That's right. And the Hebrew word for truth is emet. It is spelled using the Hebrew letter aleph, which is the first letter of the alphabet, mem, which is the middle letter, and tav, which is the last letter. It's like saying the truth is like telling everything from A to M to Z, leaving no details out. Hmm. You know, that Hebrew sounds more and more like the way we used to talk on the west side of town. Tell the truth from A to Z, or in this case, from Aleph to Tov. That's right, Dad. I think the complete Jewish Bible sees it the way you do as well. It translates the Ninth Commandment as not giving false evidence against your neighbor. Tell the truth. A witness testifies about what she sees, she or he sees. Ideally, a witness testimony should be reliable. And if you repeat information that you do not know to be true, you may be a false witness. If one has witnessed something and withholds needed testimony or information that's needed to make a good decision, Jehovah sees it as sin based on Leviticus 5 verse 1. The verse in Leviticus 19, 11 through 18 does a great job at summing up how Jehovah feels about the third, eighth, and ninth commandments. They say, you will not steal or deal falsely or lie to each other. You will not swear by my name falsely or profane the name of your Elohim. I am Jehovah. You will neither defraud your neighbor nor rob him. You will not keep wages from a worker with you all night until morning. You will not curse a deaf person or put a stumbling block before a blind person. But you will fear your Elohim. I am Jehovah. Amen. Skipping down to verse 16, it says, You will not go up and down as a talebearer among your people. You are not to endanger the life of your neighbor. I am Yehovah. You will not hate your brother in your heart. You had better rebuke him and not bear sin because of him. Verse 18 says, You will not take vengeance or bear a grudge against any of your people, but you will love your neighbor as yourself. I am Yehovah. Now, if you love your neighbor as yourself, you won't lie to your neighbor. I would say you won't steal from your neighbor either. When Yeshua answered the question about the greatest commandment, he identified verse 18 of Leviticus chapter 19 as the second greatest commandment. Now, of course, that does not mean that we get to steal from our neighbor or disregard any of the commandments. Yeshua showed us how he categorizes the commandments, and he showed us the end goal of obeying the commandments. That being said, what would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life or some of your beliefs are out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and think, I'm saved by grace now, so I can lie a little and steal a little? Or would you take the red pill and show your love for the Most High by keeping his instructions? Only you can answer that question. You know, this last commandment is one of the ones that deals with person-to-person relations. But unlike the others, it can't be observed. It speaks to a feeling or a state of mind. 
It says, you will not covet your neighbor's house, his wife, his employees, his livestock, or anything that pertains to your neighbor. The Hebrew word for covet is chamad. It means to lust after or to desire in a selfish way. No wonder Paul said in Philippians 4.11 that he learned in whatever state he was in to be content with what he had. So often, we're tempted to compare ourselves or what we have to what we see in other people. Mm-hmm. In, his, in this society, we call it being competitive, but in Jehovah's kingdom, we call it coveting, and that ain't good. The thing about coveting is that it can be the trigger for any of the other actions the Ten Commandments forbid. Coveting can lead one to commit adultery, to steal, to lie, to murder, and many other terrible acts. In James 4, verse 1 through 7, James asks the question, Why are you fighting and arguing? And he answers his own question by saying, It's covetedness. You want something you don't have. You kill to get it because you want it, but you still don't have it. Why don't you have what you want? Because you don't pray. You don't ask the Father. Why don't you have it after you've prayed? Because your motives were wrong. So what do you do? Submit to God. Resist Satan. Come close to Jehovah and humble yourself and allow him to lift you up. Covenantness was a problem then, and it's a problem now, but we can choose to follow our Elohim's instructions and be holy as he is holy. Miss, the Ten Commandments are so full of power and truth. Just imagine how awesome it was to hear them spoken in Elohim's own voice. Mm -hmm. It also makes me wonder where some believers get the notion that Yeshua rewrote the Ten Commandments in the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 through 19, Yeshua said, Don't think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I have not come to destroy them, but to fill them full of meaning. Truly I tell you, till heaven and earth pass, the smallest stroke will not pass from the law till all is brought to full meaning. Whoever breaks the instructions and teaches people to break them will be called heval, or vain or not useful, in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever will do and teach them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Daddy, I want to be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Me too. Yeshua is giving us the option. I think we should take the best one. Regarding his giving us a deeper, fuller meaning of Jehovah's commandments, an example of this is found in Matthew 5, verses 21 through 26. Yeshua taught, You have heard thou shalt not kill, but I say unto you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause, or whoever causes his brother worthless, is in danger of judgment. The point he was making was that you can be angry with your brother for no reason and not physically murder him, but that does not clear you of judgment in the eyes of Jehovah. He is so serious about our heart towards our brethren that he prefers us to be reconciled before offering sacrifices. He didn't write a new commandment. He added deeper insights to the existing commandments. In verse 27 of the same chapter, Yeshua taught, You heard that it was said a long time ago that thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say to you, whoever looks at a woman to lust after her has committed adultery with her already in his heart. Again, Yeshua added deeper insights to the existing commandments. He did not do away with the laws. If he had done that, 
he could not be the Messiah. That's right. Well, that's it for today's podcast. We hope you got a lot out of it and the previous episodes. Remember, keeping the Ten Commandments is not just behavior control. It's about getting the leaven out of our hearts. Please go back and listen again to what we shared. Read over the scriptures and discuss them with your family and friends. Thanks for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Tour where you can handle the truth.